Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. And I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host. And we're going to start with an anonymous quote today because frankly, I can't find who said it, but I really liked it. The quote is, a woman who heals herself, heals her mother, heals her daughter, and heals everyone around her. I absolutely loved it. And I suspect it will be... Um, very important for today's conversation. I have a fantastic guest who is just so interesting. I think you're going to love her. This is Susan Greif, who is an ancestral trauma and creative transformational expert, an inspirational speaker, author, and founder of Art Men's Hearts. Susan interprets her clients' drawings to help them see their subconscious and notice where they hold their or their ancestral trauma. Her goal is to help her clients release old stuck energies that keep them feeling powerless, paralyzed, panicked, and in pain. And then she offers her creative strategies to help them take action and make shifts in their lives. As a daughter of Holocaust survivors, Susan specializes in working with daughters of Holocaust survivors like herself. Additionally, she works with women of domestic violence, trauma victims, and women in transition. There is so much. I'm going to add a much longer bio in her show notes for you, but I'd rather just bring her on and let her share her wisdom with you today. Susan, how are you? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Heather, for having me. Um, Very excited to be here. Oh, I'm very excited as well. I think this is an incredible topic. And for those listeners who are regulars and know me well, this is something that I speak to quite often. And I am so excited to hear um, your really interesting viewpoint on it. But before we dive into Art Men's Hearts and all of that, can you just give us a little background on, on where you come from and what brought you to where you are today? So as you had uh, mentioned earlier, I am a daughter of Holocaust survivors. And why this is important for me is because of how I had grown up, right? Uh, I grew up through the nature of parents who are hypervigilant, hyper nervous and anxious, uh, controlling in a way. Um, and, uh, and I was born to be seen and not heard. And so my voice was quite suppressed. And I was one of those good girls who felt bad that my parents went to such a hard time that, you know, who am I to give them more trouble? Mm. So that's the idea of it. And it, and then later on, I've come to learn that it's not just the nurturing part of, of raising a child, but it's also their own trauma, their own PTSD, which we now learn through epigenetics can be passed down through the womb. So it's nature and nurture, mm. which develops us into who we are. Wow. And uh, and with that said, you know, I, my whole life was about, you know, pleasing others and being quiet and not using my voice, not expressing my real needs because it was shut down. So it took a while for me to find my voice. And here I am on your podcast. 
using <laughs> your voice quite eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's, that's great. And I know that you have such an artistic side. So can you please share what inspired you to start Art Men's Hearts? Well, when I went to college, I actually studied biology and psychology with the intention of going to dental school to use my hands to heal. Mm. Um, and what was interesting is that um, I quit the day after dental school. <laughs> didn't the take first long day. To I'm sorry. That one. Orient- <laughs> sorry. Dental. Uh, let me repeat that. Let, didn't I quit the day after orientation? Oh my gosh! You didn't even make it to the first class. Okay, tell us more. <laughs> oh, well, I had just gotten engaged in having parents, you know, who are very traditional fashion. So, oh, you don't need to go to school anymore. You found your husband. Oh. So uh, yeah, and so I quit because I was I was good listener, I guess. Uh, And I think the good listening skills also takes me to where I am today is, you know, as I listen and I consult with so many amazing women, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, and, and, but, you know, there's always a reason for everything. So within the next eight years, I got married, I bore four children, but I also lost both of my parents. Mm. So my whole twenties was a very traumatic time for my husband and myself. So, you know, I guess dental school would not have worked out anyway. Right. So, uh, but it also led me to other steps. Um, you know, I, because my parents left us, you know, with their, with their estate, my husband ended up taking care of my my part because I had four babies I had to take care of. So I'm back in that traditional role. I really didn't want to be in. <laughs> so, so I, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, and over the years, so I kept myself busy is the arts, you know, dance for exercise. Um, photography became a big way for me, you know, great way for me to express myself through my visions. Um, and just even writing classes. I just kept my mind and body busy through the creative arts. And then I've studied yoga and I studied uh, energy healing. I studied so much just to figure out what it is I want to do with my life as the kids got older. And then when my youngest one was last one home in high school, I actually went back to school studying creative arts therapies uh, at the new school in Manhattan. Uh, and then I just, um, I just, when I graduated, it's just, it's, it's not a, a cer- it's not a license. It's a certification course. So uh, I took that to helping, you know, other children who have learning disabilities and through, who could actually express themselves through the arts. Mm-hmm. And thank you. So that's how it started, you know, to finding expression through the arts, whether it's writing, whether it's drawing, whether it's anything um through dance movement through play so that was for somebody who can't find a voice but was so interesting for so many years i love i love theater so i would love to act and that gave me a voice but it was other people's words right Uh, and i was a cheerleader for high school and college that gave me a voice but it was not about me right So all these little things come together in my life, um, you know, and then I think when I was in school doing creative arts therapies, 
I came to realize that everything in my life, my life experience as a woman, my experience as a mother, experience as a, a spouse, uh, and all the academics I've studied for myself, it all funneled into what I was doing. And I said, oh my God, now I get it. You know, And because I was with people in the art world, understood me. So it made sense to me. Um, and that's it. I mean, I love and so then it. I just and continued. And then, sorry, one more thing. I just continued evolving after working with children. I evolved to working with women once mm -hmm. they found my value. It, it was just a great way to find your voice and expressing your needs. And that's the fear so many of my clients have. I totally understand. I actually, in, in working with a lot of my clients, in particular the female clients, it, you're not alone in that desire to find your voice based on it being suppressed in your past. It, we all have our different way that we got there, but it's unfortunately far more prevalent than we even realize. And one thing I just want to go back to and acknowledge is you, you were talking about listening and how listening seems at times like it's detrimental, but at other times that it's good. And I think that most people out there would be well served to remember that your strengths and your weaknesses can often be the same thing. <laughs> and so it's all in how we use them, right? And so you've used, you've learned to use your your ability to listen, to assimilate everything going on around you, and to dive into the creative aspect of art to help heal others. And I think that you can see now in looking back that everything happened for a reason. But so often we don't, we don't know that in the moment of the chaos or the decision or the trauma. We're not, we're not thinking, oh, this is going to help me someday. You know, we're just in it. Um, so I find the whole thing absolutely fascinating, but I love to hear your story. So what do you, what, I guess I'll continue with the fascinating term. What fascinates you the most about your chosen line of work? Um, what fascinates me is there's so many things. I, the fact that uh, I knew as a young girl that I wanted to heal with my hands in some way, that I had the ability uh, in dentistry. One of, the, one of the, the, the exams you take on your dental aptitude test was called perception. And I, I really aced that, and I have no idea what that meant at the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's great. And the fact that I can, like, you know, I can see little, little minutiae stuff in people's drawings and artwork, you know, I'm the person that can realize when a, a picture is tilted by like a quarter of a millimeter, <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. uh, so, I mean, that would have been a good avenue for me. Um, but in the end, I'm happy not to have gone that road. I contemplated going back to dental school once my kids were grown up. And mm -hmm. then I said, nah, I don't want to go there. Um, but what I do is just, I feel like it's just fallen onto my lap. It's taken my love of the sciences. Uh, it takes my love of, um, you know, of the science of medical intuition, which I've also studied, um, to become intuitive to see in people's drawings things that stand out to me and not just drawing but in like phot photographs or stuff that you know there's a patterns there's symbolism in there that just you know hit me and i see it and of course i need to ask uh what it you know questions around that because i cannot make an assumption because 
I can't let it be a reflection of me. It has to be a reflection of the artist themselves. Oh, I love that. Uh, That's really important. Yeah. And I think it's very important for people in life to realize when people do react, it's all about reflection of themselves. And, you know, and that's something, you know, we and I, you and I can talk about at a later time, but yeah, yeah it's, uh, it has something to do with um, like, you know, you and I can have the same dream, but it means something different to you than it does to me. Mm-hmm. And how interesting that you are able to interpret purely by asking the right questions based on your intuition that you're not, like you said, you're not passing the judgment of your perception onto it, but you know what questions to ask to get them to discover. Now, I, I know that you do a lot of work with all different types of the arts, but I, I feel as if, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the drawings and the photography is um, makes a lot of sense when it comes to what we're talking about now and making the helping people to discover um, and kind of analyze a drawing. I, I, how would you do that for dance or is it mostly the drawing and the photography? Well, I do most of my clients uh, are interested more in doing the drawings and it's simple mm-hmm. drawings. It's not, you know, you don't have to be an artist. I had worked with three olds. It's not about the art itself. It's yeah. about creating simple drawing and then taking that drawing and writing about it. So now your thoughts, the emotions that came through your drawings are now written down in concrete. Mm. And then we also talk about where is it in your body? Do you feel this? Because there's that somatic thing, that the body-mind connection that houses the pain. And then I give them steps or, or creative ideas suggestions to release them. I do chakra work as well. Uh, Energy work for those who are comfortable with me doing that because that's, you know, I don't want to go too woo-woo on people. (laughs) But for those (laughs) who- dive into a little woo-woo here, which okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's like, you know, you got to know your audience, right? You got to know who your, uh, who your clients are and what they're willing to accept and what they won't want be willing to accept. Uh, Movement works better with my younger Mm. clients. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Play, of course, with my really young clients. But I think as the adults, I find it's the drawing and the writing that is really what creates the abstract ideas Mm -hmm. in our minds and our thoughts and our memories and puts them down on paper. And then you own it. It's now concrete and now you have to deal with it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I absolutely love that. And I love how you took that extra step of asking them how it makes them feel inside of their body. That totally resonates with me as coming from the dance background, you know, how, how my body impacts how I think and, and everything as well. It's like a big cycle for me, you know? So that integration of, of the different, the drawing, the writing, how it feels in the body. I love that. So once you kind of get them to that point where they're owning it, now they've got to do something about it. How does that work? So then we come up with um, strategies and smart goals uh, and to break them down into mini steps or they journal it during the week. It depends on what it is. So like sometimes something will come up and I'll ask them in, 
you know, in the session and they're not sure, I said, okay, then I want you to write about this week. Here's your homework for the week. Because what I try to do with my clients, I give them homework for the week. I don't want to be where it's talk therapy mm -hmm. and you go into the office, you vent a little bit, you go home, forget about what was said, come back and vent again. The idea of transforming is very important. And the way to do that is to invoke, you know, thoughtfulness, you know, thought during the week. You know, I don't want you to, if I give you a question, like write about this. So that becomes something that they have to do during the week. So you're not out of sight, out of mind, you're there. And every week it brings you to the next level or the next step, whether it is a goal, whether it is something you put in your calendar, whether it's something to think about and to write about. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just, it, it, you're being held accountable for the week. You just don't that, go and you come back. You have to come back. So it's kind of like I do a little bit of therapy and a little bit of coaching, but I'm not licensed for both. I have to be transparent. Oh, you know what? I It's just so interesting to me because you're, you're, you're vacillating between um, such creative, you know, terms like you know, ancestral trauma and creativity and writing and, and the feeling and owning it, but you're combining in smart goals and accountability and, you know, being responsible for yourself and your actions. And I just find that combination beautiful and freeing. And I can imagine it's incredibly powerful for your clients. But when you're mentioning from week to week and doing some of the homework and stuff, how long does something like this take to be able to release the trauma? You know, it depends on each person. You know, it depends on how much trauma there is, how much work they are willing to, to work with me. If I usually give like a 10 sessions, you know, 10 mm -hmm. sessions, you're definitely going to find some kind of uh, transformation. Usually that very, very first session is a huge aha moment. Yes. And then from that moment on, every week, you're going to, you know, you're going to find some kind of transformation. And that is if you're willing to do the work. And I think that is the very, very number one step to transformation is willingness. Mm -hmm. When you're willing to take the chance to open up, let's say, Pandora's box, yes. that's, that's when the transformation begins. Then there's the awareness. Number two is awareness. And that's where usually the first session starts with creating awareness by drawing it out, re, you know, becoming attuned to what is going on in your subconscious and in your body. So that's it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then you deal with a lot more. I, I just wanted to just say, I love the fact that you use the term vacillate, by the way. Oh, <laughs> because it's a term I use often. Why do I use that term? I use it because I think of the entire idea of birth. I've idea of the being in the womb where it's comfortable and safe mm -hmm. until you're growing too big and it's not very comfortable and you need to grow, but you're afraid that mm -hmm. fear mm -hmm. of not knowing what's on the other side of the birth canal. And so you're in the birth canal vacillating mm -hmm. back and forth. Like I'm afraid I don't know what's out there, but I'm not comfortable in here anymore. I need to go and you're constantly, and the whole idea of vacillating is labor it's the work it is 
Wow. I love that. That's so cool because I, you know, I use it when people kind of go back and forth, but the visual of the birthing part of it, I, I love that. Totally resonates with me. That's fantastic. But think what happens when you get to the other end, the light, the awareness, you know, you're seen, you're heard. Yeah. (laughs) You start screaming. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds all very familiar to me now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here, everybody. (laughs) Uh, you know, I know that my listeners love when, when our experts can give them something that they can take away and use. I mean, do you have any techniques that you can recommend that, that people might be able to start thinking about or looking into or, you know, anything that you can recommend that they could get started on right away? I think, you know, I think breath work is the first thing you can do is, is even if it's like, the breath work is great for many reasons. Um, When you're anxious, it calms you down. Uh, Breath work is also good when you're ready to react. And what happens is when you react, you're reacting because you're triggered by something that doesn't work for you. And taking that breath not only calms you down, it helps you refocus into acting instead of reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that breath work is also the idea of becoming centered again. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of, of writing because that's another form of breath work and meditation. Mm-hmm. So writing or drawing and writing about your drawing or writing about your dreams. I mean, that's something I started with. I had worked with a therapist many, many years ago, and she said, that was my midlife crisis, not knowing what to do once the kids are out you know, out of the house. Like, what do I do now? And I, there was a lot of writing I did, and I thank her, I am grateful for her, to give me that idea to write. And I, I kept a dream journal And that was so insightful to me. I kind of, if I may share, um, it was a dream about me not getting on the airplane. I kept leaving my suitcases at home or I kept leaving my passport at home. My husband was like angry at me, like, let's get on the plane. (laughs) And I I was never able to get on the airplane until I started writing about it. And this is like a recurring dream. And they start writing about it. And then it came to realization that, my suitcases, the baggage I needed to leave, leave behind, and my identity was to be me, authentically me, not my parents' child, not my husband's spouse, not my children's mother, but I needed to be Susan. Mm-hmm. And until I found myself and went back to school at that moment, at that time, I, I wasn't going anywhere. But when I did, and I changed the way I thought, I had a dream of me getting on the airplane and soaring. And I'm telling you, I will never forget that dream. So if you can journal your dreams, find patterns and write about it. And that would be great. 
I love this. Susan, you just gave me chills. I love <laughs> this. I have a, I have a similar story. I'm not going to share it right now, but about Play-Doh remind me to tell you another time, but it was about a recurring dream that I went back in and changed. And I just love how the, the journaling is so powerful. And most of the time, my clients, when I tell them to do it, come at me kicking and screaming. They don't want to do it, but then they get addicted to it because they just love how cathartic it is. Right. And how it just relaxes releases so much inside of you. I think that's a fantastic technique that she shared with us. I appreciate it. Um, I need to kind of ask you, with this show being called From Fear to Fire, there's so many different things in, in that you alluded to a little bit here and there that I'm not sure where you're going to go with this when you answer it. But what do you think, if you if you are thinking back to a time where you felt really afraid or, you know, it was very challenging or, and, and now you look back and you thought, oh my gosh, I learned so much from it. Can you think of anything that you could share with our listeners like that? Um, you know, I, I, there's just so many times in my life that I've, that I have come across things where, I feared, I feared doing because I was worried about being judged. Mm. So I actually, um, I actually written a chapter called Crossing Bridges in an anthology called Life Sparks. Mm. And in it, I talk about the fear of crossing over to the other side of the bridge um, because there's the, uh, the story behind Three Billy Goats Gruff I don't know if you're familiar with that yes. uh, folklore yeah. um, about the troll that, you know, the three yeah. Billy goats that tried to cross the bridge to get to greener pastures. And there was always this troll underneath that would not allow one of the, the goats to, to pass. Um, but the first baby goat said, well, if you're so hungry, cause that's what the troll was hungry. He says, go, go away from my brother. He's bigger. And then the next brother came up, the troll came up, I'm going to eat you. And he said, well, wait for my bigger brother. You know, he, he's much bigger than me. So the biggest brother came, but the biggest brother had the horns and he was a big, huge. And he kind of like knocked the troll off the bridge and, and went through, you know, to the other side. And I think for me in life, I've been faced with, people in my life telling me, oh, you can't do that. Don't do that. You know, stay quiet, be low, don't be heard. And I allowed it to happen because those people were the trolls under my bridge. Mm. And I feel that once I found my voice and I can say, no, this is what I want. I don't care what you think or how you feel. This is me doing my thing. And and then I was able to cross that bridge. And with each time, I find my voice a little more. Now here I'm doing podcasts. I did a stage, you know, state speaking engagements. I did a, um, uh, I worked with Trisha Brooks at, uh, you know, this New York Speaker Salon. So I found many ways to speak. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I hope I can help other women find their voices, especially women who are in domestic violence relationship issues, women who are, who have relationship issues with their past and need to move forward. And I think that's what the ancestral trauma is about understanding the relationship you've had with your parents and forgiving them 
-hmm. because once you forgive them and under, it's because you understand and empathize with them and then you can break the cycle of your relationships because we tend to repeat them over and over again so you know i work with relationships i work with mother child relationships I work, you know significant other relationships so to be able to find your voice mm -hmm. and not be shut down is something that most of my clients are looking for and you know we teach what we must learn always always so that's a clue for those of you out there when i'm talking about something it's because <laughs> i had to learn it the hard way <laughs> exactly you're not alone out there we know it we <laughs> that is it. so true you know Susan, <laughs> i have a sneaking suspicion that people are really going to want to learn more about you and about the different the art men's hearts and the different work that you do how can they get a hold of you uh, they can reach me at artmensheartz at gmail.com. They can check out my website, artmensheartz.com. Mm -hmm. I have another website that I was in the works with called livewiththevibe.com. Mm -hmm. It's uh, me and three other women. We were doing um, a table talk. Uh, it's slowed down for now, but uh, if somebody's interested, they can take a peek at that. Um, yeah. And, and you have you a know, special gift for our listeners. Can you tell them what you're offering? Yes. I'd love to offer your guests, um, anybody who's listening, uh, a complimentary 20 minute discussion about what it is you want to work on. I'd be happy to. If you have a drawing you'd like me to analyze, I'd love to do that too. Oh, that's so. fantastic. So we'll put some instructions in the show notes for how people can take advantage of all these things, how they can find you. For those of you who are not able to write it down right now, don't worry about it. You can just go to the show notes and find all of that and more about Susan. So Susan, what are your wishes for the future? Where do you see yourself going? Oh, I wish, you know what, I wish that I can share my voice with a larger audience. Mm -hmm. I want to continue to inspire women mostly, men of course, but women mostly to find their voices, to create healthy relationships with their own family, mm -hmm. and in create better relationships not only with their significant others but also to create relationships with a sisterhood mm. i think there is this collective of the energies of women that are so important that we forgot how important we are as a supportive group and i think we need to go back to our ancestral roots to see that we are gatherers and we work best as the gatherers uh. I love it. <laughs> well, well, you definitely need to make that future happen because you've inspired me. I'm certain you've inspired our listeners today. I'm so grateful to spend this time with you. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you so much, Heather. It was truly a pleasure for me. I appreciate everything about you and you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, darling. I'll see you soon.